Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. And he knew it and said, This is my son's coat. An evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. And Jacob rent his clothes and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son many days. And all his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. And he said, For I will go down into the grave unto my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. The words of this Old Testament story are almost hard to come to grips with. It seems to be the end of the road for the dream of a man named Jacob. The whole events that happened and that surrounded the reading of our of our passage and those things that occurred in uh, recorded in the word of God just before this it's just hard to grasp that 10 brethren would take their 11th brother and sell him into slavery and then they would take his coat and dip it in goat's blood and take it to their father but you see it was their envy and their hatred for Joseph that drove them to commit such evil. Joseph was the favorite son of Jacob. The earlier verses of this chapter tell us that Joseph dreamed a dream, and in his dream, uh, he there were twelve sheaves arose, and uh, his sheep was one of them, and the uh, the excuse me, there were eleven sheep that arose, and the other ten. Sheaves, they bowed down to his sheep, and uh, he indicated to his brethren that dream, and they interpreted that he was telling them that they would bow down to him. He also had another dream where the sun and the moon and 11 stars made obeisance to him. And when he told his brother these dreams, they, they hated him. A matter of fact, the scripture says they couldn't even say a kind word about him. You see, the story runs deeper than that. Jacob had two wives, Leah and Rachel. Jacob really loved Rachel. Leah, not so much. You think you got a tough relationship. <laughs> Jacob had worked for 14 years to earn the right to marry Rachel. And Jacob wanted to have a son by Rachel. And as Jacob's life played out, he had four sons at first by Leah, the wife that he had been stuck with. 
Rachel was barren and could not have children. So Rachel gave her handmaiden, her servant to Jacob. And he had two sons by Rachel's handmaiden. Leah saw this and so she gave her handmaiden to Jacob. And he had two sons by Leah's handmaiden. And then Leah gave Jacob another son. And then Leah gave Jacob another son again. And then a daughter. And Jacob now had ten sons and a daughter. But yet not one son by Rachel. The woman of his dreams. The one that he dreamed to have a son by. The one that he loved. No son. But then, one day, finally, it happened. Son number 11 of Rachel. His name was Joseph. Oh, how Jacob loved Joseph. All of his married life, he wanted to have a son by Rachel. And now he has it. And as much as Jacob loved Joseph, the ten brothers hated Joseph. And when he was 17 years old, Their hatred was so powerful and their hatred was so strong that they took Joseph and they sold him into slavery and they, they had stripped his coat from him and they poured goat's blood upon that coat and they took it to their father. And notice carefully with me the wording in verse number 32 of Genesis 37. And they sent the coat of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, This we have found. Know now whether it be thy son's coat or no. Notice the deception. They did not say it was Joseph's blood on the coat. They did not say that Joseph had been killed. They didn't say that we found his body. They didn't say all they said. We found this. We don't know. There's blood on it. Is this your son's coat? Is it Joseph's? What do you think happened? They let Jacob see the blood. They let him see the the coat. And after seeing that, Jacob came to his immediate and his own conclusion that Joseph was dead and that Joseph had been killed. No one told him that. No one said that Joseph was dead. But he looked at the circumstances. He looked at what had been thrown out before him. And he came to that conclusion, the obvious thing before him, that Joseph was dead. Notice what he said in verse 33. It is my son's coat. 
An evil beast hath devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. Jacob, if you could have only looked deep into the eyes of those ten young men that stood there that day before you, your ten sons that were standing there, if you could have looked into their eyes, you could have seen the deception. You could have possibly seen through the falsehoods that they were laying out before you. See, Jacob was a master of deception himself. When he was a younger man, he tricked his brother Esau out of the birthright. You know, you, you may remember the story. Esau was born first, and then Jacob was born. They were twins, and Esau was the firstborn, and he had the birthright and for, for a meal, for, for, a, for a bowl of soup. Jacob tricked Esau into selling him the birthright. What should have been Abraham, Isaac, and Esau now became Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Oh, Jacob's treachery of his life didn't stop there after he went to work for his uncle Laban and he worked seven years to win the hand of Rachel and Laban tricked him and gave him Leah instead of Rachel, and then he worked another seven years. He worked 14 years to get uh, to get uh, Rachel. But what Laban didn't know that he was no match for Jacob because Jacob was the master of deceivers. Jacob worked another seven years. He worked 21 years for Laban, and through and through some through some trickery and through some deception, he he rightfully. Walked away with most all of Laban's flocks and herds and moved away with all, a lot of what Laban had because he tricked him out of it. He deceived him out of it. If anyone should have known the deception, Jacob should have known it. Jacob should have seen it. He should have been able to see the deception that was being played out before him, but he missed it. He fell for their treachery. He was overcome by all the circumstances that he missed the truth of the moment. Jacob, Jacob, it's not Joseph's blood that's on that coat. Jacob, your dream is not dead. Your dream lives on. The circumstances around you, Jacob, said that your dream was dead. It said there's no hope. It said the body of the son has been torn apart by beasts. But the truth of the matter is that Jacob's dream was still alive. Because the dream lives on. And I've come to preach to you today. The dream in your heart and the dream in your mind lives on. I hope you have dreams. You need to have dreams. You need to have dreams for your family. You need to have dreams for your career. It's okay. You should have dreams for the things that you're going to do for a living. 
or the things that you're doing for a living. You should have dreams if you're in that stage of life for your education. Now, I will say, I, I, I'm not sure who said this, but it's, I think it's so true. T, I think, I think T.F. Tiddy said this. It just sounds like something T.F. Tiddy would say, uh, would have said. Uh, he, uh, <clears throat> I think he said that you, you young people need to get a good education and then get over it. Ah, you weren't expecting that last part, were you? Get a good education, but it's not going to define you, and it's not going to be your sum and substance of life. You need to have dreams in your life. You need to have dreams. It's, it's okay to even have dreams for your hobbies and for your leisure. And some of you are saying, now he's talking It's okay. Dreams are valuable. Dreams are important. You gotta have dreams. But I want to focus today on spiritual dreams just for a moment. You need and you must have some spiritual dreams. Dreams and hope for things that are important and that affect eternity. I don't know what your dreams may be. But I, I'm sure and I hope and I, that you have some spiritual dreams today. I pray that you have some dreams in the spiritual realm. I pray that you dream and you dream big. Dreams of a greater anointing in your walk with God. Dreams of your children being saved. Dreams that your husband or that your wife will walk powerfully with God. Dreams of your ministry in the church leading dozens and dozens to salvation. Dreams of kids' classes overrun with kids. Dreams of a Nursery filled with toddlers and infants and babies. Dreams of a whole row or two rows in this church filled with your friends and filled with your family members. Dreams of laying hands and praying and seeing tumors fall off. It's okay to have dreams. Dreams of commanding cancer to leave someone's body and seeing that cancer disappear. Dreams of a strong marriage. Dreams of a prayer life that no devil in hell can stand up against. Dreams of a bus full of people coming to church. Dreams of worshiping God uninhibited with all of your energy and strength. Dreams of walking and living and abiding in the Spirit and having Him lead you and guide you each step. Dreams, dreams, dreams. I don't know what your dreams are, but I've come today to challenge you. Hold on to that dream. Don't let go of that dream. 
Deception is the number one tool of Satan. He comes to you with your dreams. He splashes some blood on it. And then he holds up your dream like your dream is the last thing in the world that could ever happen. His deceptive tricks are the same as they was with Adam and Eve in the garden. As, it, as they were with Jacob. As they were with anybody he's ever attacked. Read the word of God. He's not changed his tactics. He's the deceiver. He's the master of deception. And it's the same today. But I've come to tell you. He cannot kill your dream. Let that sink in. He cannot kill your dream. Just like he cannot take you down. John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Let me, let me remind you that regardless of where you are in your relationship with Jesus Christ, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If your adversary could take you down, you'd be gone already. You think he'd let you linger and hang around? Not a chance. He's not going to let you hang around this church. Because you hang around this church, somebody might lay hands on you and pray for you. And you might be filled with the Holy Ghost all over again. And you might become on fire for God. And you might do great things in the Spirit. No, if he could take you down, you'd already be gone. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He can't take you down and he cannot kill your dream. If he could, your dream would be gone too. But he can only create deception. And he can only create illusion. And then he brings that deception. And he brings that illusion into your, into your presence. And he creates circumstances that you look at and you perhaps come to the conclusion that my dream is dead. Jacob it was you who decided that your dream was dead. Not your sons. They tricked you. They created the illusions. They created the circumstances. But you came to that wrong conclusion. The deceiver works the same way today. He wants you to think. That Jesus does not love you. There's not a shred of truth to it. He just wants you to think that. He just wants you to entertain that thought in your mind for just a moment. He wants you to feel that you are not forgiven. 
You may be forgiven, and you are forgiven, and you are washed white as snow, but it doesn't matter to Satan. It doesn't matter to the deceiver what the truth is. All he wants you to do is you to feel like you're not forgiven. He wants you to think that you are lost. He wants you to think that you cannot be saved. He wants you to assume that the people in the church are against you. He wants you to think the pastor's not on your side. He wants you to assume the church doesn't care for you. He wants you to think that your husband is beyond reach. He wants you to think that your wife is not interested in wants you to believe that your children have no interest in walking with Jesus. He wants you to assume that you can never have the anointed power of God in your life. He wants you to accept that your prayer life will always be lacking. He wants you to agree that healing is not going to come. He wants you to conclude that your walk with God will never be any better than it is right now. He wants you to believe that your friends are not interested in your God. He wants to convince you that your sin has destroyed your dream. That your shortcomings and that your failures are so great that there is no hope. He wants to show you convince you and try to get you to understand that there is no hope for you and no hope for your dream. Lies! 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 It's all lies straight from the pit of hell! Feel in the spirit today that I'm reaching for somebody. Your dream has been crushed. Your dream has been broken. Your dream, you, you wanted to do great things for God. You wanted to do something wonderful for God and for the church. And, and you have been listening to the lies of Satan. You have been overcome by the circumstances that he has printed put before you, and I challenge you today, I come today to take dominion over every thought that exalts itself against the power and the anointing of Jesus Christ. I want you to stand with me right now. Everyone here, stand. I want you to put your hand on your head. I want you to put this right here is where the deceptor begins to work. Put your hand on your head. In the name of Jesus, I take dominion over every thought that exalts itself against the power of the cross. I take dominion over every thought that exalts itself against the work of the Holy Ghost. Every thought that makes someone think their dream is dead. Every thought that makes someone think that they cannot be used of you. Every thought that causes someone to be discouraged and to be overcome with doubt in the name of Jesus. I command those thoughts. I command that deception of the enemy to be gone. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you. You may be seated. It's not the blood of your dream. It's a lie. 
It's goat's blood. He cannot kill your dream. But he wants you to give up on it. He wants you to open your hand and let that dream go. And say, no, I can't have that. I can't do that. I can't be that. I'm never gonna get I'm never gonna get there. The dream lives on. The dream that you have, it lives on. And you need to let that dream not only flourish, but grow and expand and become bigger and bigger and bigger for the kingdom. As the worship team makes its way back to the platform and you stand with me in the auditorium. Let me remind you that God is on your side. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's on my side. Let me assure you that if you make up your mind and you hold on to your dream, it's going to come to pass. That dream is going to stay alive. It's going to live. You need to. You need to take the attitude that the Apostle Paul gave us in Romans 8. You need, you need to, to, uh, you, you need to make this, make this your, your driving force. Make this your, your marching orders. Romans 8.33 who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who is God's elect? You are God's elect. 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 Every one of you, you are God's elect. Who can lay anything to the charge of God's elect? And Satan comes around you with his lies, comes around you and tells you that, well, that ain't going to happen. That dream's not going to survive. It ain't going to make it. You need to look at this. You need to look him in the eye and you need to say, hey, who shall lay anything to God's elect? It is God that justifies. Verse 34, who is he that condemneth? Who is condemning you? It's Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who maketh intercession for us. Jesus Christ died. He, he paid the price. I don't need to worry about the condemnation of people, the devil, or the world, or anybody around me. Then verse 35, who 
shall separate us from the love of Christ. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, shall persecution, shall famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? Verse 37. Nay, in all these things, in all these things, we're hobbling along and we're going to make it. We're going to struggle through. And <laughs> Years and years ago, I may regret going here, but I'm, I've already gone. Years and years ago, they used to have what they call testimony services. And they just open it up and let anybody say what they want to say. I don't know what they were thinking back then. Because it, 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 it wasn't any better back then than it would be today if we tried to do that. And I don't know how many times I heard a testimony end with these words. Pray for me that I can just barely make it in. My God, have mercy on us. Pray for me that I can just get down there and I can just get the remnants of this dream together and just try to keep it, holding it on to maybe Jesus comes back and helps me out. Now, the Apostle Paul, he said, hey, come on, wake up. Shake this stuff off. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded. <laughs> Verse 38. For I am persuaded. I'm thoroughly convinced. My mind is made up. There's no questioning about it. There's no end of discussion. I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers. Angels, principalities, powers. Angels represent good, good things in the kingdom of God. Powers, principalities re represent evil, evil forces in the spiritual realm. But then he gets on down right where you live. He said, nor things present. Circumstances. That make you think your dream is dead. No, 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 no. It doesn't matter. Things present. Things to come. It doesn't matter what's going to happen tomorrow. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. Which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He loves you more than you can imagine. And he wants your dream to live more than you do. I challenge you today. You stand there, put your head high. And it may look like the circumstances say your dream is dead. But you say, no, no, no. It lives on. It lives on. The dream lives on. <laughs>